Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. If someone says no to you, that doesn't mean that they never want to hang out with you ever again. If you're going to start saying no or upholding your boundaries, then like you have to respect that other people might start doing that. And not necessarily as a reflection, just like generally. People are just like learning that boundaries are important. It's just getting talked about more. It's okay to just be bad at things and focus on what you're good at. And it's like if you don't want to go to a party and make small talk because you don't like it or you're not very good at it or it doesn't bring fulfillment or value, like don't. That's okay. Other people don't have to define what you should be doing. Hey, this is Alex. You're listening to the Afternoon Snack Podcast. Remember when being a yes man was cool? Yeah, it's not. Or at least we don't think so. Also, it's not a yes man, it's a yes person. But today we're gonna be talking about why you should be a no person, or at least why your default should be no. It's a really cool episode. We have a lot of two cents on the topic, so enjoy. bud do you remember the last time you said no i do i actually i may have said no in between then and now but you had made plans to go for dinner with a couple of our friends and the day came and i was like you know what nah and i said hey i don't think i'm interested in coming for dinner i'm like just feeling tired and i think i'd rather stay home and get a bit of work done and relax and you were like okay i was like all right bye and then i was like oh well i kind of wanted you to beg for me to come, but no, I'm just kidding. I didn't want that. It was very civilized. Yeah. And it's hard for us to do that, I think, because we've typically done like everything together. And also, I think there probably was a time where like that would have caused something. Yeah, definitely. Like, what do you mean you don't want to come to dinner with me and my friends? Yeah. It like feels like a character judgment almost. Yeah. Yeah, But you were like, okay, no problem. Yeah. Have a nice night. And then I went and I came back and that was it. We watched TV. It was like, we just carried on like normal adults. Do you remember that one time? I mean, I guess <laughs> mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. I was like, I want to go ride this trail with my friends. Do you want to go? And like at that time we were full time in Calgary. The trail was up in Exshaw. Like it was kind of a thing to get to like a 50 minute drive. Yeah. And I was really tired that day. I remember. And you were like, no, I think I did ask. Are you sure? Because it's like a really fun trail. And you were like, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm too tired to go. And I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm going to go. And then I think I got back rather late at like 830 or whatever. And I was kind of going on about what a great ride it was. And- kind of. Okay, big time going I was like, on. how was it? You were like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was. it was. so great because we had this and then this person and I was following this and then I got tips on that. And it's really too bad that you didn't come because you would have really clicked with that guy and he would have been able to show you where to go and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I got mad. Because it's hard for me to say no to like activities already, but I was so tired that I knew yeah. it was the right call for me. And I was like, okay, you could have been a little bit more sensitive to that. I didn't know though. I didn't know that that was something that you struggled with that Yeah, I much. guess at that point, we had only been together for four years. So that was a joke. I know that. I picked up on the <laughs> okay, sarcasm. Yeah. What I was going to say was like, we hadn't been mountain biking for that long. My exposure to your affinity for like sports and biking and things like that, I had no idea. It was not you. limited, Meredith. It was sort of limited. All right. That was a less mature time for yes, us. Yes, it was. I don't know. Maybe we're just tired. Maybe we've just tired each other out to the yeah. point where we're like apathetic. <laughs> just do you. You do you. <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't care if you come or not. I'm going, if I'm being honest, it will actually be nice to have a break from you. <laughs> Good joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
When was the last time you said no? I mean, I feel like I say it a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like bring in work to this conversation because I don't think that that, I mean, I think it is relevant, but I also said no to a bike ride earlier in the summer that you went and did with some friends in Fernie and I didn't go. It was like, no, I'm good. It was a little bit later in the day. I was also kind of tired. I think I had a workout to do still and I just didn't want to cram it in. May have also been on a Thursday. And sometimes if I do too much on a Thursday afternoon or evening, I go into like a busy work day, like a little bit sort of cooked energetically. So yeah, that was my no. I feel like you say no less frequently than I do. You're more of a people pleaser. I would say that's accurate. And what's hard for me is the impact that that has on my mental health. Like while I'm a people pleaser, I'm also an introvert. And so I really need time to myself to like settle down and recharge. And not that I don't like spending time with you, but because everything that we do is together, like I really don't have very much time alone. Like really it's when you're like off doing runs and things like that. Or when I say no to a bike ride and you go off and then I get an hour and a half there. But yeah, I guess that's kind of the impetus of this episode is that, which is I think that a lot of people, if they're honest, find themselves saying yes more often than they would like to. Yeah. Like default. Yes. Like people, please. You say yes to your friends, your family, your boss. You like sort of generally don't hold up your personal boundaries, which can lead to a lot of burnout. When number one, you're not getting time to yourself. And then number two, you're just kind of in that habit of like not upholding your commitments or upholding your boundaries. You're just like, okay, you violate your boundaries. You might respect other people's boundaries, but the boundaries that matter the most, you get into a habit of breaking simply by saying yes. And that's not a character judgment. I think a lot of people fall into that trap. I think there are a lot of valid reasons why we struggle to say no to things. Where did Yes Man come from? Was that like a movie? There was a movie. That's where I like got saying yes was like the thing to do. It was like, be a yes man. Yes woman. Yes person now, I yes. guess. And then be they- a yes person. And I'm like, why? I like, I hated being a yes person. And I tried to for a really long time. And then there's like a real discrepancy with like genuine unhappiness for me. Like I got really into CrossFit, which we'll talk about, but that doesn't mesh with people who party. No. So I had like my law school friends who like to go and party. And then I had like my CrossFit And it's like, I was trying to make it all work. Yeah, I was trying to remember, and I just looked it up. Shonda Rhimes, who is the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, she wrote a book called The Year of Yes. And it's about her basically experience with a year of saying yes and how it unlocked all of these opportunities for her. And I think that there's a fine line between saying yes to opportunities and challenges that might scare you and like saying yes to everything. I think that's probably where people get a little mixed up with that concept. But also saying no to something allows you to say yes to other things. So it's like at some point she was saying no. You can't always say yes. Yeah, I guess. she's probably saying no. And I'm now remembering she did this commencement address at a graduation where she basically says like she gave up a lot of quality time with her kids and her family in order to have the career that she had. So maybe it was like yes to her career. Yeah. And then that would mean that she was saying no to a lot of other priorities. Yeah. Now I'm wishing that I had looked that up. But it just came to me. And that's maybe something to throw into the show notes. But I think that there's a lot of societal stigma around the word no. And it's like maybe the way that we're brought up, but certainly no is associated with making people feel uncomfortable or intimidated. And when people hear no, I think that it's really natural for them to unnecessarily question the decisions that they're making and things that they're choosing to do. And it's like, well, you know, if Alex says no, then 
why am I doing it? Like, am I doing something silly? Should I be doing something else? Like, I think that we live in a pretty insecure society generally. And then like fundamentally, no one wants to come across as rude. And that's kind of like drilled into us from childhood is like, don't be rude. Whatever you do, don't be rude. But also to say no, people think that that's rude to do. So instead we say yes. Well, it's weird. You know how people say with kids like the terrible twos? Yeah. So between the months of 18 and 36, so like two years. Yeah. Terrible twos. One minute children can be like cuddly and cooperative. And then that's when they start learning that they can be like assertive and say the word no. Yeah. So you see kids doing that like no. And that's when I'm like definitely like not sure if I want to have kids, but (laughs) that's beside the point. But no, that's when a child starts to feel like they have power to be assertive and to get attention and demand things. And it's weird because it's like you go back and it's probably because like at least, you know, parents are probably like, don't you dare talk to me like that. Oh, for sure. Maybe not anymore. But like, I remember that. And it's like, I'm your mother. Don't say no to me. Do what I say. And like, I think that's a pretty typical parenting move. I mean, look, like we could bring on a parenting expert to talk about all of this. And maybe this is part of the reason why we get to adulthood and we're so insecure about saying the word no, but like what happens when you're at a family gathering and you know, a four-year-old, you're like, go hug your grandpa, go hug your (laughs) uncle. And they're like, no, what does the parent do? Instead of accepting like this child has said no, because they don't want to for their own reasons, which are perfectly valid. Even if you don't understand them, I don't know if parents still do this. In fact, I I hope that they don't, you know, they're like, no, he's your uncle. Go give him a hug. (laughs) You know, you're violating your kid's boundaries and you're teaching that young human being that it actually doesn't matter that you have boundaries because you're going to do things anyways because like people of authority said so or because it's what's expected and so you start to develop this pattern of behavior as a kid where you do things even though you don't want to do things because your parent says you have to do things because it's just what you have to do and so like scale that up into adulthood like no wonder yeah no wonder but I also think even in other areas like that yes response is reinforced I mean as a person who manages people on our team I really, really like when I know that no matter what I ask of a coach, they're going to say yes. And I'm going to go to that person. And I respect when someone says no, but it's like, it's hard for me to continue to ask maybe a person who is a little bit more respectful of their boundaries when from my perspective, it just makes my job a little bit harder. And this is from other jobs as well. Like as a person who did try to uphold my boundaries, there was a lot of friction at my old job. When I tried to uphold boundaries of like when I was coming to work, when I was working, like that's not reinforced you don't get validated for that in a lot of workforces. It's frowned upon, in fact. And I think that's part of society. And that's probably why so many of us experience issues with our mental health or burnout or all of the above. When I worked in biotech, I would say our company culture was one that really promoted a lot of balance with time off. Like if you had to come in in the middle of the night and do something, it was like, okay, if you take the next day off or if you work the weekend, you would get weekdays off. But it would only take one person on the team to start showing up at work at 7 a.m. and staying in till 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. and skipping lunch and, you know, saying yes to projects and taking on more and doing more. And start, and they were really, they'd like to start to exceed the requirements of their role to start to change the culture of the whole team. And that's like a micro environment. That's not even societal. That's just like a small group of people. But it would start to change the way that other people behaved and worked and what they said yes to and how far they extended themselves. Because all of a sudden, like you're now in an unspoken competition with this person for advancement in your 
career. And so the influence that society and other people have on, I guess, our, our willingness to uphold boundaries is really significant. Yeah. I'm like thinking more about this and I'm like, work is a tricky one. And as somebody who really values work and work ethic, it's all about like priorities. And I think that there are, are jobs out there for people who do not value working hard. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with taking those jobs, but there's also nothing wrong with putting yourself in the position or in a position in a career to work hard and like reap the benefits of working hard. And so I think we both value those things as humans. That's what has sort of created our company. You know, we value that in the people who work with us, like our team. Like, I don't think you should feel bad about feeling that way. I think you just have to recognize that feeling that way and having those values puts you in a certain position professionally. Yeah, that's valid. And I think going back to the beginning of like, burnout, if I want to say yes to a lot of work things, I do find myself saying no to a lot of social things. Yeah. We listened to a podcast, not even worth mentioning which one, like the one tidbit that I liked was like, it's okay to just be bad at things and focus on what you're good at. And it's like, if you don't want to go to a party and make small talk because you don't like it, or you're not very good at it, or it doesn't bring fulfillment or value, like don't, that's okay. You're not good. That's not for you. Like other people don't have to define what you should be doing. Like you can feel however you want. You can enjoy what Whatever you want, but it is up to you to say no. Yeah, no one's gonna stop you. That's part of being an adult, I think, is like you don't have anyone else to answer to except yourself, which means that if you want to have boundaries in place, upholding them falls to you. And like your boundaries are way easier to violate than other people's. And I think the the most common example is definitely the conflict between social life and sort of like health and fitness, because those can be very much at odds. (laughs) And it's a difficult situation when you're trying to maintain friendships and those friendships, or at least the people who you think you want to be friends with, you know, they do go out and they party or they eat or they drink. And you're like, you like these people, but ultimately like they are causing you to make sacrifices elsewhere in your life and say no to things that you don't want to say no to. Like we live in a FOMO society. Like the the fear of missing out is a really big driver of like, you know, what people say yes to. That and like, it is fun to go out and party. Like it's the global benefit versus the short-term benefit thing. Like we have a really hard time, I think as human beings, choosing something that's globally beneficial, meaning that you're not gonna have fun doing it right away. It's not gonna pay off today or tomorrow or probably in the next week or potentially year. We have a hard time choosing those things over like short-term pleasures that are immediately enjoyable, like going out and partying and drinking. I will say though, that one's a complicated one because it's not as easy as like, I don't want to drink. I have to uphold that boundary. There's a conflict of what your core values Mm -hmm. are for a lot of people. And that's okay. They truly do love drinking or partying or eating or being with those friends that do those things, but they also truly like very much value their health and wellness and fitness. It's not necessarily about like, oh, I, you know, I really don't want to drink. Maybe they don't because they're going to go to CrossFit the next morning. But then part of them is like, but I really do want to drink because it's really fun. So I I think saying no and and setting boundaries takes a lot of time to flesh out because you have to know yourself. You have to have a really good understanding of your core values and who you want to surround yourself with. Like saying no to something means you're saying yes to something else, most likely. If you're saying yes to both things, you're giving, it's like a half 
ass. You know, one half ass gets to each part. You can't ride two horses with one ass, sugar. That's a quote from Sweet Home Alabama. It's a difficult one. It is. It's very tricky. And it's the same thing with like work and family. I'm sure a lot of people struggle with that as well. And it's two competing priorities. And, you know, sometimes I often tell people or even remind myself like balances and priorities can shift and change. And that's okay. It's just, it's a constant balance. I think if you truly know that there's a day that you don't want to drink or you don't want to go and party and you're invited or someone's like pushing you to drink or making fun of you because you're ordering a salad and you know in that moment that you're confident in your decision, I think that's where people struggle on top of just the general overview of deciding between two events. Yeah. I mean, saying yes to other people, even in less binary situations, like I always think like the most binary is social eating, drinking versus like health and fitness. Like it, it, it is kind of like they're at sort of opposite ends of the spectrum. But even your mom or your sister invites you out to go shopping on an afternoon and you say yes because you think it will make them happy. When really, like, you kind of would like the afternoon to maybe sit on the couch and do nothing or read a book. Like, that's that people-pleasing. And the problem with people-pleasing is that you're making assumptions about what you think people actually want and care about that you don't actually know because you never had a conversation. I think we're very avoidant of conflict. And so you just, you avoid it by saying yes. And then sometimes, like, depending on the situation, you might get to the end of it and sort of expect the person to be more grateful than they are. They may not even recognize that you went out of your way or you said yes when you had another opportunity. And so then that can lead to some frustration and resentment that can grow over time if you're like kind of constantly saying yes to people or doing little favors or, you know, going even a little bit out of your way. If that person doesn't realize that that's what you're doing, then that can start to create problems. And like, even if it's not an interpersonal problem, like that's just going to start to be frustrating on a personal level. So that's that people pleasing assumptions being made things are being left unsaid it's problematic when in fact if you were like you know what no I'm busy this afternoon or I have something else or I just need to like catch up and recharge they'd probably be like oh, okay no worries like they don't even care that much they don't or, care as much or as they might be pissed off yeah but and in that case my therapist told me this and it was like groundbreaking for me is like you don't have to manage other people's feelings that's not your responsibility yeah the way that your boundaries make other people feel not your problem not your Thing. I mean, of course, there's a limit. Well, you don't want to like, be an asshole about yeah. it. Like if you're an ass, that's that where, is your responsibility. And that's where the shit sandwich comes in. Yeah. Which is my favorite because Meredith does this sometimes to me, not in regards to saying no to things, but like in regards to giving me criticism. She's like, you're doing a really good job at this, but you know, you could do a better job at this, but you're also really smart. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your effort. Yeah. We just like don't have those niceties anymore. That was old us. It's but, just a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the one thing that you could say is, hey, I, I really, really appreciate the invite today. Like I've got something else going on or I just want to hang out on the couch or spend time with Meredith. But, you know, I'm free on the weekend if you'd like to hang out then if you have time. At the same time, do not say to someone, hey, we should hang out sometime some other time. It never happens. It, like, you mean if you don't mean it? Yeah. Don't offer like empty offers. Like a fake yes. Yeah. A fake yes. Or like a fake next time. Yeah. Or maybe I'll think about, I guess maybe you are thinking about it. I don't know. Don't be like flaky like yeah, that. Yeah. I guess that's what, what I was going to say is like people who do that, like it, it's like you want to uphold your boundary and you want to say no, but you don't want to do it by saying the word no. So you instead, do this all the time, Meredith. Instead you flake. I don't flake. You don't flake, but you don't give me an answer. So uh, then it leaves the person guessing. In what situation? Well, it'll be like, well, what do you want to do? No, 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 no. That's not me being flaky. That's just like my brain is broken. I th- okay. I feel like flaky, the definition is 
saying yes and then flaking. That's not necessarily what we're talking about. We're talking about saying yes and then having to go and then being unhappy that you're there and you said yes in the first place. Do I do that? No. Okay, thanks. But you do that thing where if someone's like, hey, do you want to do this? You're like, mm, what are we having for dinner tonight? And you're like avoiding because you don't want to say no. You know that you don't want to go. So you're like, maybe she'll just forget about it. I'm just going to talk out what we're actually doing and then come to the conclusion. No. Yeah. I'll be honest. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can see myself doing that because okay. sometimes I think I'm a nonlinear thinker. So sometimes when you ask me questions, my brain goes somewhere that to you might seem very unrelated, but to me, I have to sort of like juggle around all of these things in my brain to come to a conclusion. And hopefully that conclusion makes sense, even though I, like, I'm sure it doesn't sometimes. No, it doesn't. I think what goes on in your brain. And again, this is just a guess, but tell me if I'm right. When I say, hey, do you want to do this? And you say in your head, you're like, is this a test? What does she want me to say? Yeah. Does she know what I want? And she's testing me to see if I'll say yes, even though I don't want to go. Should I say yes? Is she going to be mad if I say no? But and again, then you're like, um. First, I'm like fundamentally a people pleaser. Yeah. And so especially with you, because I want you to be happy. And again, like this leads to problems in my life that I'm like well aware of. I do want to make sure that I make a decision that's okay with you. And mm -hmm. that like, if I can get you what you want, then we do that. I know. But do you feel like you don't uphold your boundaries around me? I feel like you're doing a better job now. Early on, you didn't have any boundaries. No, but I was in that part of the relationship where I was like, what are boundaries? <laughs> like I was basically a nudist with boundaries. Yeah. I didn't have any. Yeah. But you'd be like, Hey Alex, like my new girlfriend, do you want to do this? And I'd be like, no. And then I would cry. <laughs> I was like, why is she so mean? Which is like the problem. Yeah. I was like, I don't need boundaries. I love her so much. I'm just going to do whatever she wants. I just thought you really liked me, like yeah. what you did. But I don't think I really saw that you were just like a people pleaser until you were in situations where to please two people at once, oh, it yes. was impossible. It was either you're saying no to one and yes to the other mm -hmm. or yes to one and no to the other. Like you couldn't say yes to both. No, but you would try to. And then just turmoil. And it was turmoil. And I think that's when I was like, oh, that's who she is. And it's like you can't fault someone for trying to make other people happy. I think at that point, like it's very clear in those situations, like you're not upholding your boundary. Maybe you want to do both of those things and it's a conflict. And it kind of goes back to that conflict of like, I really like going out and partying, but I also really like being healthy and working out. Yeah, that's OK. You really like, you know, spending time with this person, but you also like spending time with me. And like, you know, maybe I don't get along with the person that you want to go hang out with. I think at that point it gets into new waters, which is compromise and compromise can start to feel scary. Yeah. Or balance. But I think that's still a way to start establishing boundaries. Yeah. Especially like for me, I think for a long time, I didn't have them. I went from kind of being like by myself and I had boundaries because I was just by myself and it's easy to do exactly what you want to do. It's different with other people. Never had a big circle of friends. So I'm not constantly balancing obligations to people. Like I have a small circle of friends, but like my small circle of friends for a long time also had like very busy lives. And so did I. So it wasn't like I was in constant conflict with like what to do with my people. It was just no one had any time to do anything with anybody. So it was like easy for me. And then I got into a relationship with you and now all of a sudden like all of my interest and energy is going to you and like you know we live in two different places so there's travel there's like you know my family dynamics there's your family dynamics and all of a sudden I'm like this person who's never had to put up boundaries in any relationship ever you know I, I have to be like I'm so sorry I have a boundary and yeah. it's just like it felt like this really raw sort of scary experience to just put it out there and, and be like no and it's, it wasn't even as easy as just being like no like the no was an entire 
conversation with mm-hmm. like crying and hanging up the phone on people. The no was basically an entire year of my life and learning to be okay with that and that you could say no and you could have a boundary and everything was going to be okay. In fact, everything was about to get better. I'm thinking it's not necessarily yes and no anymore. It's like default no, because then you really think like, okay, is this something I want to do? And if so, what does it look like? Because it's not as clear as like, yes, I actually want to go and party. It's like, yes, I want to go and party, but I only want to have two drinks. Or yes, I want to go with these friends. I don't want to drink. I'm going to order this food and then I'm going to go to CrossFit. So it's not necessarily like just, yes, I'm going all in. It doesn't have to be 100%. And it's the same thing like, hey, am I going to go visit my in-laws? Like maybe default no. And then say, okay, this is something that is important to my partner, which means it's important to me. How can this look for us and what boundaries are going to work? So it's not necessarily about just like, yes, like choosing. if it's not no, it's yes, but it's, it's that default. No allows you to think it through. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And I think that like why no should be the default or why we should say no. I think fundamentally it just promotes and protects your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Like it does allow you to think things through. And I think it can improve your feeling of confidence. It improves your self-esteem. Because look, like if you have this feeling deep down in your bones that like I'm a person who values X, Y, Z, but you're living your life in a way that's different than that because you're saying yes to things that you don't really want to say yes to. This like weird sort of like cognitive dissonance starts to happen where like you understand you have this identity because like these are the things that you value or you want to value, but the way you're living your life is kind of different than that. So it creates this sort of like split personality, split identity thing, which is like kind of torturous. Like that's not a good way to go through life. It doesn't feel good to constantly be like violating your boundaries or like not upholding your values. So when you start to say no, or like that's the default and you start to think things through, I think number one, like your schedule is a little bit less full. The amount of chaos in your life goes down because you're not just like, you know, juggling all of these things that you have said yes to. You probably feel a lot less frustrated with yourself and with other people. And it starts to protect your priorities. Like these things that are either important to you now or you want to be important to you. Like we made a post last week about priorities, how it's a priority is kind of like a tree. It starts by putting a seed in the ground, but you can't just be like, okay, I put the seed in the ground. Now the tree's going to grow up. Like you have to water it. You have to give it space to grow into a tree. Like you have to allow it to be there. And if you're just kind of constantly like smothering it with bushes and bullshit, it's never going to grow up into a tree. It's never going to grow up into a priority. And so you protect that seed and you allow it to grow and take up space in your life. And you kind of reinforce this idea that like you're number one and it's okay for you to be number one. Because when you take care of yourself, you start to show up better for the people who rely on you and who are also important to you in your life. Like if you're not taking care of yourself, it's impossible to show up as the best version of yourself. Yeah, other people. I agree. I think on that note, explaining to a person like what you got going on. So let's just say this is in friendships. This is in relationships, probably more primarily where if someone says, hey, do you want to go and do this with me? It's like a yes or no. And you can say, I don't because I have prioritized like this part of my work and I, I'm going to work on this this weekend and I'm not going to make this a thing every weekend, but it, like this part is important to me and that person should respect that. And it's the same thing we're going to talk a little bit about. And I can just say it now, like if someone says no to you, that doesn't mean that they never want to hang out with you ever again. If you're going to start saying no or upholding your boundaries, then like you have to respect that other people might start doing that and not necessarily as a reflection, just like generally people are just like learning that boundaries are important. It's just getting talked about more. So yeah. it's like one thing that I would say is because I've done this before, like because 
because someone says no to an offer doesn't mean that they hate you and never want to hang out with you again. That doesn't mean you should never invite them out. Just like ask them again next time or like ask them why so that maybe next time you can find something that's more in alignment with what they want to do. We use this a lot with our coaching methods and that's like motivational interviewing. So if I want Meredith to come and do something with me and I know that it's not maybe like her favorite thing. So if I'm like, hey, Meredith, would you ride your bike with me while I'm running so that you can carry my water for me? It's not so much like a yes or no. It's not like, will you bike with me? It's like, hey, I know that you're really busy and you have work, but would it be possible on Saturday morning to take two hours of your time? Maybe I can take something off your plate. Would you be open to having a discussion about how this would work into your schedule? And it like allows that person to, instead of just being like a yes or no, it's like they agree to it. They at least agree to a conversation and then they can come around to it. It's like when you want to have a hard conversation, you don't just like throw it in someone's face. You give them like a bit of a warning. I mean, sometimes you do throw it in. Yeah, I do. And that's not a good example because I know you like doing that stuff. If it's like, hey, I want to go on vacation with my family and I want you to come with me. Can we talk about what that might look like? Or even like cleaning the house. Say yes to a conversation rather than like you have to decide right now, yes or no. And like your decision is going to tell me whether or not you care about me or not. It's just not as extreme as that. It's like, hey, we're going out of town next week. The house really needs to be cleaned. Would you be able to have a conversation with me later about how your schedule looks this weekend and like what you'll be able to fit in? Yeah, 100%. And I think the power in that, like you said, is it gives people time to kind of think about it beforehand. So they come into the conversation and into the decision feeling really like empowered and well-informed of what their options are. And also it might allow some time and space for me to think about what's going to be helpful to Alex because I really care for Alex. And like, even if I don't love cleaning the house or I don't want to go on vacation with her parents, there might be a way for me to make this work, to make her life better, which is important to me. Yeah. And I, I think we've talked a lot about the power of community and the people that you spend time with. And you see this juxtaposition all the time, like people who are spend time with people who party and they drink and they go out. And a lot of times as you start to change as a person, your friend group may start to be more and more different from what your current values are. You see this all the time when people graduate college or they sort of start a fitness endeavor, hobby, thing like that. Saying no allows for time to do more of what you enjoy. And that can start to open up new opportunities, which can include meeting new people that may end up being your friends who are more in line with what your values are. It's a way to kind of like shift your social and your friend circle to a more productive friend circle. And those people that you used to hang out with in college, like they can still be your friends, but maybe they're not people that you see three times a week anymore. Maybe they're people that you see a couple times a month. And instead you see your run group three times a week, because that's really what you want to be doing right now. So I think that, you know, saying no is often saying yes to new opportunities that you don't even realize are there or new people that you don't realize are there until you create the time for them to kind of come into your life. Yeah. It's like a reframing. Exactly. That kind of opened up a can of worms. I went in more thinking it would be a little bit more simple. This conversation? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, everything is never as simple as it seems. We can overcomplicate any topic. (laughs) I tell you. But also simplify it in a way. I don't think there's anything simple about this. No. Like I said, priorities are a constant balance and that balance is always shifting. So you could strike a balance one week and be like, I'm really happy with this balance. Then the next week you're faced with a completely different problem where you have to figure out what that balance is for you on that week or day. Yeah. And just because the balance shifts on the week, and this is so common with parents and people who are professionals and are juggling things, like just because the balance shifts because it has to shift, let's say your kid is sick or, you know, your boss goes out or something comes up at work or it happens. And so more of your time by necessity has to go elsewhere. And so the balance shifts away from this other priority that you have 
that either is there or you're trying to make it into a priority. You have to be okay with that. And like, it doesn't mean that it's not a priority. It just means that like, congratulations, you're a human being that has a lot going on. Welcome to 2023. And just because something gets less at your attention for a week or a month or like hell, even a year, that doesn't mean that it's not important to you. It just means that like, there's something else that's more immediately important. Sometimes you don't even have the option to say no. It's just you have to. And that's okay too. Don't feel bad about that. Mm -mm. If you have to cancel like a visit with a friend because your kid is sick, like it's that arrow. You know, like you're getting hit with multiple arrows. Like not only do you feel bad canceling, now you feel bad about how you made that person feel and you feel bad about not being able to get your work. Like it's just, you know, it's like accept it. Yeah, because when you don't, like the problem with not accepting, I'm going to have to say no to this is that it can really change the way that you start to see yourself. The only reason I'm I'm thinking about this is we made a post last week and someone, it was actually, it was the priorities post, you know, and someone commented that they were currently in a caregiving role and that that was taking up all of their time and that it wasn't that it wasn't a priority because they didn't have time. I was thinking, I get that. Like, I obviously don't know the situation of this person's caregiving. I don't know who they're taking care of, how much time they're spending. But when you have to say, you know, presumably no to a fitness or a health priority because you have to focus on someone else in your life that really needs you. Number one, it doesn't mean that you can't do anything, but if you're doing significantly less and that affects you, then the likelihood that you just do nothing and you succumb to your situation, you're like, well, I can't do anything. I guess it's not a priority. I guess I just, you know, this is my life now. It can get you into a real like victim sort of mentality. You would start maybe resenting people in your Mm -hmm. life that are taking away from what you really want or how you view yourself because you're not making a compromise and that, okay, how can I fit this in? And it's so interesting because I mean, we also have the benefit of working with so many people with our company that it's very rare that someone is in a truly unique situation. Like it's often that we see two people who are in very similar situations react act and respond very differently. There's again, so much that goes into that. And I don't want to reduce or like oversimplify what makes people do the things that they do, but it is at a minimum, very powerful. Like the way that you speak to yourself in situations and think about them and frame them is very powerful. And some people choose to work really hard to frame them in a positive way and be productive. And some people don't. That's all I can say about it. They can just be very different. It is hard as a coach when you have two people or you've had someone previously in a similar situation to a current client and that current client is saying like, there's absolutely no way I can do anything. And I know it's very hard not to say like, actually you can, if you really want to. Yeah. And they're like, screw you. You don't know. And I'm like, but I have all this information from all these people that I've worked with. And I think you are more capable in this situation than you think you are. Sometimes people struggle. And I mean, not to sound insensitive, but it's kind of true. Like they will use anything as an excuse, you know, that other people just would never accept as a reason to derail them from their goals. And again, it comes down to working with different people or being different. There's a lot of different points of view and perspectives and reasons and all those things. But yeah. yeah. Default no. Default no. That's the takeaway. Think about it. Like figure out what your core values are. Say yes to things that matter and that are going to benefit you and that provide value and fulfillment to your life. You are in control and that's a good thing. Yeah. Control can be a very positive word. It's empowering to be able to say no. It's a very strong word. And we could talk about core values for literally hours, but a lot of what you're doing right now and what you're saying yes to, even if those are things that are kind of like at odds with the goals you're 
striving for, there's a reason why you're saying yes. It means something. So even if you're saying, well, I'm just a people pleaser, which I can say that because I am. When you boil that down, you're like, well, well, why? You start asking that question. Yeah. Stay curious. Yeah. And so it might just mean that, you know, one of my core values might be connection or caring. And so in a way, I feel like saying yes is a way that I can care for other people. But once I identify one of my core values is caring, then I can sort of like, okay, that goes on the table. That's a core value. How can I more productively honor that core value in a way that actually is caring and isn't just a facade of caring or isn't sort of this like false idol of caring that makes me feel good, but might not make the people who I'm quote unquote caring for really feel anything. If you're in a situation and there's a moment where you're like, Ugh, why am I here? You know, we've yeah. all been there. And this is kind of the crux of the whole episode, but maybe you're there because it honors one of your core values. And like you said, like maybe it's like, oh, right, I'm here because Meredith wants to be here. And my core value is my relationship with her or yeah. relationship in general. And so it's like that can diffuse some of that like anger or resentment or frustration with the situation and say like, right, I'm here for Meredith. And that can bring a lot of like calmness and empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just a lot of different ways mm-hmm. to kind of think about it and yeah. be a little bit more positive about the situation. Like try to replace shame in the situation or even temporary frustration with even like a little bit of curiosity and see if you can't get to the bottom of it and work from that place rather than sort of working way up high on you're working from what you're doing. Figure out what it means and then yeah. work from that place. And don't like just operate from a place of like emotion. Yeah. Great episode, Alex. Thanks. Hopefully I made some sense. You did. It was great. I think you made a lot of sense. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. If you liked it, please share it. Subscribe. Leave us a review. A five star one, please. And we will catch you on the next one.